Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. Yeah, let's take a laugh break. <laughs> If you need a joy bomb, (laughs) go see Miss Diane. (laughs) She's been throwing them out lately. (laughs) She gave such a good word uh, last Sunday, um, teaching us how to just live life joyously and to live from that place of strength and overcoming victory that the Lord has given us. So we just thank you, Diane, so much for that word and for everything that you do behind the scenes. Uh, She takes such good care of us. She's such a good uh, shepherd of this walk. (laughs) Make sure everything runs smoothly and uh, make sure you're comfortable. And thank you, Miss Angela, for bringing us into the glory. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, (laughs) that you're here and that you always are with us and that you come and crash into us, especially (laughs) when we need it the most. (laughs) So we just call upon your grace, your grace, your growing expansion of grace Uh, for us individually and um, and just for the world, Lord God. We just need your loving kindness and your grace so much. And we thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Um, So today's message, I'm going to, my tendency is to read my notes, but I'm going to try and have a good balance of Uh, just having a conversation with you all and um, and just giving what the Lord has given me. Um, It's more of a prophetic word than a a sermon. And um, so we're, Happy New Year, we're in 2020, and we're just getting settled in. 12 days in, I know before we used to all write our checks with the date on it, and now we're clicking So sometimes we don't realize the impact of a date, 2020, right? And it's not only a year, but it's the beginning of a decade. And be sure when you're writing those checks that you write the extra 20 on them so people don't try and backdate them uh, without your awareness. But anyway, um, 2020, there's been a lot of words, a lot of good things going out about new things happening, dreams being restored, and just all kinds of things. And we have um, so much to celebrate. And God just began releasing this. I don't know if you noticed that Over Christmas time, he was talking about celebration through our prayers. And in my mind, I'm thinking, celebrating because of the birth of Jesus. But the testimony of Jesus Christ is prophecy, right? So he's always in the now and in the future. So oftentimes what we see happening up here is prophetic because we're a prophetic people and this is Uh, We operate and function in the prophetic. And so uh, just even the celebration of the children up here this morning and the dancing is confirmation of this season that we're moving into. And um, so the first thing I want to do is it's kind of a a little bit nerdy, but... (laughs) But not really. I want to look actually at the number 2020 um, so we can kind of examine what God is speaking to us through the number. Um, Because, you know, history is history, right? 
and, and God appoints times and seasons for things to happen. It's his story. And in certain times throughout history, he bursts onto the scene and makes himself known for a purpose. He's always doing that in our daily lives. But there's times and seasons where there's a punctuation from God or an amplification, a season of amplification. So I have a few um, slides. It's, it's kind of a little complex. Um, basically, I'll just intro them to you a little bit. Um, we're going to examine just what the number 20 means. So we're going to turn off the house lights, and we're going to use some visuals to help understand this. So 20 is, it, when we um, interpret biblical numbers, we use the Bible, and we interpret it basis, based on um, 2 times 10. Okay? So... One through nine are base numbers, so we're using number two, which is the base number. And we get the meaning from number two um, through the law of first mention in the Bible. The number two is first mentioned in Genesis 1, 6 through 8. And because on the second day, God divided the waters from the waters, and he put atmosphere in between the waters. So one meaning for the number two is to divide. Another meaning is to judge, discern, or set apart. And that's actually dividing. Dividing in your mind, setting things apart. Judgment is coming to a conclusion, dividing up things and making a conclusion. And it can also mean witness because um, the Bible requires a minimum of two witnesses before judgment can be rendered. So witness is also an acceptable meaning for the number two. Okay, and then it's two, it's not only two, but it's two times ten. And um, ten means to weigh or measure for the purpose of accepting or rejecting. Now, a real simple way to understand that is, you know, immediately we go to judgment with that. But basically, um, it can be like examining and making a decision, okay? Like when you go to the grocery store and you're picking out produce, <laughs> you're, you're looking at it and you're choosing. You're kind of weighing and measuring and you're choosing, okay? So there is a process um, when we're talking about weighing and measuring for the purpose of accepting or rejecting, okay? So we're in the year 2020. <laughs> So there's a lot of overlap kind of in the two and the wing and the measuring and this type of thing. And um, I hope that that little picture helps a little bit. So now we're gonna go to the next slide and we're gonna break it down a little more. So, um, so if we look at two being defined as witness, so a witness, when you witness something, you see something take place, or you have knowledge from a personal observation or experience and express it. So definition of witness. And then when we weigh or measure something, we have a decision. So in 2020, people will witness the Lord and make a decision. Okay? It's going to be... Um, a part of this season that we're in. And then the next slide, please. 
And then when we look at two as discernment, so discernment is the power of the mind to distinguish from one thing, one thing from another, such as truth from falsehood and their relations and tendencies. And then 10 can mean judgment. So 2020, discerning judgment will be upon the people. Okay? So there's going to be a, an atmosphere where people are going to be able to more easily distinguish between good and evil. Okay? Okay. So in the final one, we have two being holy. Because holy means set apart by or for God. That is one definition of holy. We know that holy can also mean just high above, where God is holy. He, he's high above and set so far above everything else in the universe. Okay, and then we have the weighing and measuring. So 2020, the beginning of a season where we will experience the holiness of God. So this can also mean holy, holy. Because with all of these things, there's a symbiotic relationship, okay? There's a duality involved. There is an act of God that's taking place in this season, and there is a response or an invitation that's being sent. And then there's a process where a judgment or decision is being made. Okay? Because God just wants to pour out his loving kindness and his grace and his mercy. And when he steps in and reveals his holiness, that's the purpose, right? So grace can be poured out and received. All right. So just to um, recap a little, let's go to the next slide. So in 2020, people wit will witness the Lord and make a decision to choose him. Discerning judgment will be upon the people. It'll be a decade where we will experience, and let me qualify this, not necessarily a decade. <laughs> Let's say a season, a season, a season where we will experience the holiness of God, the holy, holy of God, okay? All right. <laughs> so... How does this work? Well, I'll give you one example, um, just a story from my life. Um, when my son was a freshman in high school, I was driving him to school. And you know how most of the time, we have like a natural understanding of our feelings, right? Like, oh, what if something happened to my child, and this, that, and the other. Well, as I'm driving him to school, the Lord just kind of lifts the veil. And all of a sudden, I am in full contact with my feelings and my love for him. You know. And I'm feeling the full measure and weight of what that is. Like, I'm feeling it like as if he would have died and I wouldn't have seen him again. You know, I'm feeling the full measure and weight of my love for him. And it was kind of funny because, you know, I'm just like crying. I just start crying, 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 crying. You know, and it's, and he's like, Mom, what's, what's, what's up? What's wrong? And I'm just, I love you so much. I just love you. I love you so much. 
you know. <laughs> and, you know, a freshman in high school, it's like a rock in his world. I'm just about to drop him off to school. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, mom, there you go again. You're, you're being a little overdramatic, right? So I drop him off. And, um, and the Lord spoke to me in that moment. And he's like, uh, so you know the way that you feel about your son? He's like, that's the way that I feel about all of my children. And then he added a little an addendum. And he said, even the rich ones, <laughs> even the rich ones. So we're always going after you know, the less fortunate, but God just loves everybody. And perhaps the addendum is, you know, it's dif more difficult for the rich people to realize their need for him, you know. So his heart is so compassionate, compassionate, compassionate about that. So this is a season filled with grace where people are going to have supernatural insight into the state of their spiritual condition and feel the weight of its implications, whether good or bad. We are empowered by grace. <laughs> Wrong page. <laughs> okay. So, 1 Peter 1, 4 through 16 tells us, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts, which were yours in ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be yourselves holy also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Okay, we all, as God's children, have a unique and special individual relationship with him. And he wants to interface with us. Can we just call it God book? Not Facebook, God book. <laughs> And then, even beyond God book, he wants to FaceTime with us. You know, that, that's really his end game. Um, that's how much he loves you. That's how much he celebrates you. Um, and he wants to have that interaction with us. That was the purpose of grace, right? So, um, John 15, 13 through 15 and the New American Standard Bible says, Greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And then Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not understand what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, because everything I've learned from my father I have made known to you. So Jesus' heart is to disclose his heart, his plans to us. We have the privilege of being a friend of God. It's a privilege. So on January 1st, um, God actually spoke to me and and disclaimer, I don't, he doesn't always speak to me the first day of the year or give me downloads about the year or anything. Um, but this year he did, and I'm going to share it with you. He said, this is a year where people will feel the implications of judgment, and they will choose righteousness. My love for those who are mine will be furious and relentless in the coming year. They will know that I am for them, 
they will know that I have sought them out and found them. I will whisper and they will hear. I will nudge and they will feel. I will pass by and they will see and rejoice in all that I am and all that I am doing. There will be great cause for celebration. For the lost shall be found. Heaven and earth will rejoice together as the time has come. And now is for a great harvest, for a grand expansion of my kingdom in the earth. So, 2020, the Lord's purpose is to give grace, right? Grace, grace, and more grace. In 2020, there is an appearing of grace. Grace is going to appear. People are going to be, dis to be able to distinguish grace. In 2020, the church will realize they are more powerful than they think. <laughs> you carry grace, most powerful force in the universe, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> We are empowered by grace. Grace is the universal game changer. Grace is the love of the Father that was unleashed upon humanity through Jesus Christ, our Savior, going to the cross and bearing the judgment for our sin. Grace satisfies God's requirement for justice because of Jesus' willingness to take our punishment upon himself. Grace empowers us to live above sin and express love. So I want to read you um, a couple more scriptures. John 3, and these are from John 3. Just a reminder, as a reminder, because his words are spirit and their life. You know, so they bring life to us. They bring that resurrection life into our being. And they remind us and set our course. So let's be reminded about um, God's purpose. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world but to be its savior and rescue it. Jesus is the savior. We aren't the savior. He is. <laughs> so now there is no longer any condemnation for those who believe in him, but the unbeliever already lives under condemnation because they do not believe in the name of God's beloved son. So this is a time where people will feel the weight of that and be led into the decision-making process. And here's the basis for their judgment. The light of God has now come into the world, but the hearts of the people love their darkness more than the light because they want the darkness to conceal their evil. So the wicked hate the light and try to hide from it, for their lives are fully exposed in the light. But those who love the truth will come out into the light and welcome its exposure. For the light will reveal that their fruitful works were produced by God. And so, a little further down in the chapter, you know, some of John's disciples were saying, hey, you know that guy you baptized the other day? He's down in the river baptizing people. <laughs> And um, John's response to them was, a person cannot receive even one thing against, unless God bestows it upon him. Or God bestows it. You heard me tell you before that I am not the Messiah, but certainly I am the messenger set ahead of him. He is the bridegroom, 
and the bride belongs to him. I am the friend of the bridegroom who stands nearby and listens with great joy to the bridegroom's voice. And because of his words, <laughs> my joy is complete and overflows. Overflowing joy comes from hearing God's voice. Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase a little. Luke 15. Um, we have Jesus. The first section is Jesus being with sinners. And the Pharisees are not liking it. He's like, why does this guy hang out with all these evil, notably evil people? Okay. Um, Jesus loves them, right? We're supposed to be like Jesus, right? <laughs> so we shouldn't get our, our feathers ruffled by sinners, right? <laughs> and then Jesus goes on to explain in the chapter about how he goes looking for the sinners and he finds them. He finds the one and he saves them. And then there is what? There's great rejoicing and great celebration. And it's the angels, but it's also us because why? Because we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So God's heart and desire is for us to join in that celebration when he finds people and saves them. So that's a picture of Jesus the shepherd. And then the next vignette is the woman who has 10 coins and lost one. And the coins were all precious and valuable to her, equally precious, equally valuable. A picture of the Holy Spirit affirming the value of individuals. And she does whatever she can to find the one that was lost. So there's a concert of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and the Holy Spirit just going after it, looking, looking, looking for the lost. And when they find the lost one, there is grand celebration. So I think even some of the joy that we've been experiencing is prophetic celebration of what God has in mind. And then the third vignette is the prodigal son. The father the father waiting, waiting, waiting for the gathering of the children. Bringing out the royal robe, the righteousness garment. Putting the ring on his finger. You are a son. You are a member of the family and nothing can change that. Putting on the best shoes the best shoes, the gospel, the gospel of peace. It's the only way to walk through life. That's what the Father does for us. That's what he's going to do for everyone who was lost and comes back. And then he's going to throw the big party. Amen? <laughs> and it's not just a party for that person because a calf feeds a whole lot of people and the sound goes out into the whole village with the announcement, with the announcement of the great celebration of the homecoming. What is our challenge? 
Our challenge is don't be like the older brother. <laughs> don't be upset about the party God's throwing for the newbies. <laughs> the great grace they're experiencing. Right? What was the father's response? The father said, don't you know everything that I already, that I have is already yours. So if you're not experiencing these ecstatic experiences, press in, press in. More grace. There's more grace. There's more power available. There's always more in God that is available to us. And he's already given it to us. Amen? He promises if we seek him, we will find him. And there's so many facets of who he is. So what is our role in all of this? You know, we're at a place in time, and I know this, this sounds all rosy and great and grand and wonderful, but, you know, we're at a place in time where our culture is kind of gone off the deep end in some circumstances. You know, we have, you know, we have, Young men, mostly young men, going into places and shooting things up because they don't have any hope. Because they don't know grace, they don't know love, right? Because they've kind of, there's a whole gambit of people that have kind of been swept up into the lies of the day. Right? And that's why God is going to come on the scene and be holy and create a shift. Create an atmosphere where people will understand who he is and process that decision to choose him choose love, to choose grace. And one of the ways he's going to do it is through us. He's going to use us. Our very presence in a room of unbelievers disperses truth, right? Disperses truth. So we're going to have an amplification of 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. God always makes his grace visible. He includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. We have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God. A perfume of life to those being saved and the odor of death to those who are perishing. The unbelievers smell a deadly stench that leads to death. But believers smell the life-giving aroma that leads to abundant life. And who of us can rise to the challenge? For unlike so many, we are not peddlers of God's word who water down the message. We are those sent from God with pure motives who speak in the sight of God from our union with Christ. So it's biblical for our very presence in the room to disperse truth. I um, was at a function 
recently, and I was one of the hosts of the function, and I went to this group of people who were invited guests, and um, I greeted them, and they were unbelievers. And um, it was really interesting. <laughs> it was all, so if, what actually happened was they weren't very kind. And even beyond that, they were kind of um, persecutorial, you know, with their words and their ways and their different things. And it was all that I could do <laughs> just to not, you know, to maintain my control and not want to, you know, answer back to the rudeness, you know, let's be honest, the rudeness of the moment. Um, so I appreciate what Angela said earlier. You know, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy, you know. All of the rudeness, all of the stuff is not going to go away right away. And our presence is just going to kind of take a crack at it, you know. Because when we're dispersing truth, um, they need to see truth. Because they have their opinions and that persecution flows from the lies that they've been believing, right? The persecution flows from what they have been believing. But the good news is, later in the function, there were things happened. I didn't make them happen. God made them happen. And they, I know, I know that I know that I know, even though I haven't talked to, to them, I know, you know, God's revealing how he was just destroying those lies by encountering the real person that I am and who my friends were and all of the other things going on, you know. So the lies were being destroyed just by the very presence, our very presence, okay? Now, there's going to be other times where we're going to have an opportunity to just, they're going to be having an encounter, and that actually happened at this function. There was someone else who was having an encounter, you know, and, and they were experiencing, oh, the goodness of God, and they were crying, and all of this and that, you know, and then we lend our voice. God is so good. He loves us so much. He's so faithful, right? Because even when Jesus went and spoke to sinners, he didn't make the decision for them. He gave them good information, information that their hearts could chew on, and then they made the decision, okay? So there's supernatural holiness of God being released on the sinners and through us so that grace can be received and given. So grace is bursting onto the scene and giving instruction. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. No one is excluded. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking, 2020, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing, seeing clearly the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people of his own 
possession, zealous for good deeds. Okay, and I got some more. Some more good news for you. <laughs> Titus 3, 4 through 8 in the Passion Translation. When the extraordinary, this is the season we're moving into, the extraordinary compassion of God our Savior and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person as the brightness of a dawning day. He came to save us, not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom he splashed over us richly by Jesus the Messiah, our life giver. So as a gift of his love, and since we are faultless, you're faultless, you're faultless, he loves you, you're faultless, <laughs> innocent, you're innocent before his face, go run to him. We can now become heirs of all things. What are you waiting for? Heirs of all things. Glory realm, miracles, signs, wonders. You were created for that. <laughs> all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful is this message. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. <laughs> Praise God. He's so good to us. Woo. We need to grow in grace. Second Peter 3.18 But continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory both now and until the day eternity begins. The sovereignty of God in this season will make people more aware of the implications of grace and their need for it. Okay, is this biblical? <laughs> Does God ever just move on to the scene and like make things happen and uh, surprise everyone by the way he does it? Of course, he always does that, right? <laughs> I'm standing up here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, a little humor. <laughs> anyway, Acts... Um, 19, 15 through 20, I'm going to share this with you, and I'll set it up for you. This is, uh, this is how the church of Ephesus was birthed. Um, Paul had been teaching there for three months in a university. Maybe we should invade the university with our, with our teaching and preaching of the gospel, you know, community college, what have you. Let's be influential. <laughs> Anyway, so um, people took notice. Religious leaders, everyone took notice. And there were this Jewish sons of a high priest, the sons of Sceva. Uh, so they went around and tried to, they were exorcists. So they would go around and try and deliver people from demons. And um, we'll pick it up there. One day when they said those words, because they would say, you know, by whom Paul preaches, you know, come out of him. Jesus, by who Paul preaches. And the demon and the man replied, I know about Jesus. I recognize Paul. But who do you think you are? Then the demonized man jumped on them, threw them to the ground, beating them mercilessly. He overpowered the seven exorcists until they all ran out of the house naked and badly bruised. 
naked and badly bruised. All of the people in Ephesus were awestruck. Both Jews and non-Jews, when they heard about what had happened, great fear fell over the entire city. And the authority of the name of Jesus was exalted. Many believers, so we got Jews, non-Jews, and believers, publicly confessed their sins and disclosed their secrets. Large numbers of those who had been practicing magic took all their books and scrolls and spells and incantations and publicly burned them. When the value of all the books and scrolls were calculated, it it all came to several million dollars. The power of God, the power of God, the holiness of God, right? These people weren't preached to. Caused the word to spread. Paul was in the city, but this event was cited. The power of God caused the word to spread, and the people were greatly impacted. When the Lord opens eyes, it causes reverential fear and true repentance to come upon people. It brings lasting change in the natural. The eyes of the people were not on men, but they were on Jesus. It was Jesus. He set himself apart as holy in this circumstance, bringing an awareness of the truth and providing grace for them in the moment to choose his goodness. You know? They made a choice. They made a judgment. They chose grace. An outpouring of grace produces mass repentance and is generated by the very powers of heaven, including every angel and authority now yielding in submission to Jesus Christ. We're all growing in grace, every one of us. Woo! <laughs> grace reveals love. Grace receives love. Grace releases love. People are looking for someone to see their true worth and to be valued for who they are. They're looking for grace. It, grace is the love that the Lord Jesus supplies. So we're celebrating right now um, the birth of Isaac Grayson. And Isaac means laughter, right? And why is his name, why is he named laughter? Because Abraham and Sarah laughed because they knew <laughs> only God could bring forth that baby, right? So even the newest member of our church is prophesying to us <laughs> about what God's going to do, the celebration of grace that's going to occur at the launching of this decade. Amen? And just like we adore him, I'm telling you, we saw pictures and it just evoked such emotion. And he was just born and we adored him. He didn't do one thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he didn't do anything. We intrinsically know that's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be valued 
We're supposed to be valued, not for what we do, right? <laughs> or what we don't do. The worth of an individual is not based on what they do. It's based on the value the Lord has ascribed to them. He paid the highest price to redeem them from a fallen state with his blood. When people only feel value for what they do, it is actually devaluing and brings forth anger. They intrinsically know they are more valuable than what they do. So let's allow the grace of God, the love of God to flow through us. And value people just because they're people in God. Jesus died for them and paid the highest price of all his blood. Yeah. Amen. So just a little recap, 2020, people will witness the Lord and make decisions to choose him. Discerning judgment will be upon the people. A season where we will experience the holiness of God. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Woo! <laughs> Praise God. Yeah.